Oh, the vaccine is coming. I heard. So are you going to take it? Zaguma Bichana. Let's a few people volunteer. I know you are keen, obviously. <laughs> what do you um, mean? I don't know. I will do it eventually. Like I think we're going we're all going to be forced to kind of vaccinate against the COVID, against the COVID. Yeah. Um, do I want to be one of the first thousand people? Mm, not really. Yeah. I'm, I've waited this long. I can wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I'm excited. I'm not sure. I definitely probably wouldn't be like the first, but to be honest with you, like probably three months in, if I know people who've taken it, I may do just because I really want to like travel. Mm. Um, so I'm excited if it's a thing and because i think what will happen is as, as long as a significant percentage of people have taken it then you have those who've taken it then you've got those who've mm. had corona and they have the antibodies mm. you may have those who don't have which is now like the natural world don't you? because you've got yeah. anti-vaxxers yeah vaccinated and then you know maybe we can you know see stovo you know <laughs> the world, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Stock taking. Yeah. Well, in the world, then what isn't? See, man, this Rona is taking a lot from us. So it really has, you know. It's just been, it's been, it's been so shit. It really has. But I see it like you know, with the yellow fever vaccine, I, it's gonna be like that. It's gonna be that you can't travel to certain places without it. So I think that will encourage people to to get vaccinated you know it would be like running around getting so you'll be running around trying to get the vaccine like before you travel so that being said i will get vaccinated but i just don't want to be the first one of the first people it's interesting i was speaking to like a few of my colleagues at work and i've been like oh, you know would you would you do it and they're like oh you know people who, are, who do trials for example they're like oh yeah you know there's literally no um because the issue is not on efficacy. It's not about how, the issue is on efficacy, not about safety. So I'm like, hmm, how do you know? Because it's like five years down the line where you're going to be like, oh yeah, so the first batch that was given to people, this is what we are now seeing. There's now high high numbers of this, high numbers of that. So I'm like, hmm. so okay. that's why I want to be one of the first people. What is efficacy? So just how effective something is. Oh. And normally what it's like is, is it like three years that they do these trials and all that oh, it's difficult i mean they'll be looking at data like for, i'm assuming on a monthly year monthly basis then moving on to yearly basis to see if there's any like adverse effects anything that is unusual or anything that is commonly reported but that takes time you know mm. so i am running now too after you <laughs> no no like you said i think um uh it a lot of things will drive people's behaviors like travel mm. and all that stuff i i just okay. to this podcast for the very first time hello my name is natasha and i'm calling and i sometimes go by nat i sometimes go by michelle yeah this episode thank you so much guys for listening to the previous episode the previous episode uh we talked about the u.s elections before they came out um and you know as we're listening we know the outcome we've got a new president-elect although president trump is uh yeah he is refusing so we'll see how how that goes 
um so yeah so thank you so much for just all the comments guys if you hashtag uh get in skies to see your comments um i also get to shout out to edwin Osi, who she shouted you out and said oh you know there's so much that i didn't know about american politics that i've learned in this episode so and she even invited you she invited you she's like come i'll give you a green card well she didn't go that far i mean she said come and i'm like girl yeah i want to come like but how how yeah, yeah. so um, if there's anything in america and you've got a green card get in touch oh my gosh um, but yeah, what? <laughs> no, this is for the pit. That's why people should watch the YouTube. What did you say? I didn't hear. About it. Okay. okay. I didn't hear. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if you're listening, that's why you should check out the YouTube because we're sending most codes over here. Uh, and then um, I wanted to shout out um, on Instagram, Obey. Uh, so we just uh, tweeted about the episode and um, we're now talking about, you know, US Africa policy. Um, you know, what is the United States Africa policy or what has it been? And he was like, oh, it's been leaning towards aid-based investment and exporting democracy in lieu of mineral resources is not impactful as such. The best we can get is a stable president who doesn't tweet policy issues as emerging markets that affect us more than other than other developed markets. Uncertainty is bad for growth. So I thought that was a really good comment. Thank you for that. Um, and thank you to the guys who came on the live. We had like quite an interesting discussion because even just the few of us like it was it, the view wasn't unanimous you know there were some trump supporters um and everything because we're exploring why you know some africans support trump so so that was interesting so thank you thank you thank you so much guys for checking that out yeah you know um you know i, I this is like your baby this is your thing so i was just like you know what run with it run <laughs> with it you know um but yeah, it was interesting. I, I found myself drawn into it a little bit more, um, it, like into the whole election. I, I guess it was inevitable as well, like as the build-up kind of went on and, and the the delay, not the delay, but you know how long they took to count the votes. I thought it was just like, come on. I remember when um, Obama first got elected and I was working on night shift, they started the votes. I think by the time I got home, like we already knew, I was thinking, oh gosh, you know, and I, it, it made me think about that and just how different it, it is and Trump tweeting alongside and and all these things so it was just it was interesting so yeah thank you for your interest in american politics may we find you an american man an american lover <laughs> i'm interested in all politics um but I, like i said i think the america it's just the the pizzazz and the hollywood i think that comes with it as well um but yes just moving on from that um wow like just wanted to say rest in peace to Janimbi. Like you real. Like I I honestly I still can't believe it. Like I, I can't believe that he's he's dead. Like I can't believe that we're using Dinimbi and dead and rest I rest in peace in the same sentence with him. And all the three other people who who yeah. um, lives. Um 
in that car fatal car crash like honestly it's just it's heartbreaking i feel like 2020 has been such a year of of loss i almost feel like we need to kind of get together and do like a day of mourning of just remembering all these people who have um have died throughout the year um because it's been a lot it really has been it's been hard it's just been i i'm I, to be honest i'm really struggling with it i keep looking at it and i feel there's a bit of a disconnect because there's almost a, a sense now that we are getting so used to hearing that people are, are dying and it's it's it scares me that i can look at something and see oh somebody's passed away and then like the next thing it's like oh you know joe biden has been is doing this he's or trump is tweeting from the from the golf course i almost feel like it takes away from from the from the person who's passed away it takes away from um the process of, of of grief because we are already so there's already so much else that's going on that you know you know like when you go home and it's called yes um just that moment to kind of be together like i think it, it we're missing that not that i would have gone to jimindi's homestead and been there but i almost feel like so disconnected from everything and everyone who has who has passed away so i uh, know yeah so rest in peace rest in peace peace king yeah 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 it's a lot. It's, it's 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 a lot and or someone like i enjoyed his instagram lives like mm. particularly during the first yeah. lockdown um he just seemed good vibes um obviously he was very rich very wealthy um you know so yeah it just oh man it's just so sad because i was watching um and what's even sad is like you know like some of their instagram stories were still live yeah it hadn't even been 24 hours so you're seeing them going out enjoying um but yeah just just rest in peace i'm still old school i i, I don't believe in um you know this whole like giving think pieces about people who've died i just believe like let if people when once people have passed on they're not in this physical realm to defend themselves <clears throat> so just let them rest and just be kind in your words and there's no need to yeah some of the things that i've been seeing have been quite unkind um but yeah rest in peace rest yeah in peace, all of them and also gringo i don't know if this is fake or real news now because i think they no. report, somebody reported it yesterday that had passed was it the day yesterday that he passed away then it was like oh it's false and then it's back on again so and a tv icon like i remember watching gringo with his mound of sata <laughs> on the side like i remember that um growing up so yeah Yes, he's to, rest him, to him, him too. Ah, guys, may the rest of 2020 be kind to us. <clears throat> um, yeah. and just moving on from that politics. So I had already talked about the US where we are. Just the only thing is, uh, I think Trump's 
officially inaugurated. Um, mm-hmm. I remember someone was asking, why does it take that long? It's because in the US, it's not just a change in um, president, <clears throat> vice president, it's, mm-hmm. it's an overhaul change. So like in the United Kingdom system, for example, you have your prime minister, then you have the civil service mm-hmm. and then the civil servants are supposed to be impartial. So they remain in post. Right, yeah. Whereas in America, it is an overhaul change of the yeah. administration. You're not coming with your family. Yeah? So you're coming with the people who are supporting, who are, who are for you. Yeah, yeah. So, like, for example, like, in the UK, whoever works at the Department of Health and mm-hmm. is the, you know, lead policy person for this, in the UK, they would remain. But in the United States... like thousands of people all change so that's why um but yeah so it'll be interesting to see what happens because clearly trump is very adamant that you know the the election has been rigged and this is the first in u.s elections it's actually chipping away at democracy because the cornerstone of its democracy is saying we have a peaceful transition of power but anyway we'll see um and then i just quickly wanted to mention about zim I know we haven't talked about Zim for a number of reasons, particularly fatigue. Um, but you know what? Zim and yeah, <laughs> Zim is just doing its thing. Unfortunately, Hopewell Chinono, who was arrested before, has been arrested again. Yeah. Yeah, and, and is in prison. So um yeah, it's it's just something that we kind of just need to watch and be vigilant against. I really don't know you know what the solution is um I, I i don't know i don't know but it's just something to flag that the zim issue is still very much alive yeah yeah okay. so i had an interesting conversation with um one of my friends over this weekend and you know we're just talking about life about relationships as we always end up talking about relationships as we get a little bit older i suppose um and he mentioned something that I found really interesting in that, so he's a single, he's single, he's got kids and, um, you know, really hands-on dad, very, very much hands-on. So he was saying to me, he was like, oh, you know what? Um, I really want to be with somebody, right? But he says that he's noticing that he's now going for younger women. So I was like, okay, well, what do you mean by that and why? And he went on to explain that he wanted somebody who was a little bit younger because he felt that there was no pressure in having kids, right? So he was like, somebody who's younger is probably a little bit more invested in their career or in their education. They have got things that they are, they are aspiring to. Whereas when you go to, when you tend to go for women um, who are, slightly my age or a little bit older they are kind of if they don't have children then that is the number one that is one of the number one agendas that they have they are ready to settle down they're ready to to have kids so i was like okay so this is interesting so when you're younger you know this was never an issue but now you're in a position where you are getting a little bit older you have got kids you know and you are in a way denying women who are our age or your age the opportunity to be with you because you think that 
automatically that they want and of course this is some women um can't generalize every everybody you can't paint everybody with the same brush um but he was saying that the majority of women that he's been with that are in their late 30s early 40s um are kind of who perhaps maybe are, are not married or also not gonna married who have not been married who don't have kids are ready to kind of settle down and he's not in the space where he wants to to do that. He wants to get to enjoy somebody. He wants to, um, you know, think. He's thinking five, ten years down the line, maybe settle down and um, maybe have a child. But he's like, I've got my hands full at the moment, um, and my kids are already quite are keeping me busy. And I was thinking, oh, you know, is that a little bit? I don't. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that because. As, as time progresses, you know, the chances of women conceiving are, they, they reduce, whereas for a man, they stay the same because they, they, they produce sperm every, I was reading somewhere, every two, every other, it's oh, forgotten, they produce sperm regularly, but whereas it's quite different for, for women. So it made me think, like, what, what are your thoughts in terms of, you know, if you were to meet somebody who was, you know, you thought, oh, this person is, is somebody i'd like to build with but they wouldn't they didn't want to have kids imminently like what what would your thought process be and what would you is that a relationship that you would pursue or would you be looking at options like what sort of things would you would you be wanting in that relationship to be honest i think it it's difficult to answer because i really really do think it's on a case-by-case -case basis but it kind of like what you're saying immediately got me thinking about um a conversation that i had with someone a while back probably at the beginning of the year and you know we were talking about so yes it is it is a biological reality that you know as we get older um you know the 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 chances do do lessen um in terms of being able to conceive naturally and um, you know, a, the biological clock is a thing. So in your friend's case, um, yeah, you know, if he's if he's going to meet, you know, women who are in their late 30s, early 40s, who are clear that, you know, they want to be uh, parents, they want to be moms, then yes, they're going to put the pressure. But before we kind of dive in, just I do think that um, women shouldn't be shamed for that, right? Because I do think we've kind of been navigating the space where you're told that oh you know if you meet someone you know to try and maybe go with the flow try and not scare them away by um you know being upfront about this is what you want but actually i the more i think about it i'm like actually you know what i think as women we need to take control um mm -hmm. and be clear that okay listen you know I want to be a mom. Um, I am this age and, you know, I don't really want to wait anymore. And mm -hmm. you should be able to say that and to first, like, you shouldn't have to like do theatrics, matrix and like mm -hmm. all these mind games. And, and we know that sometimes women do that, right? Mm -hmm. Like a woman will, in their mind, they'll, they'll be like, you know, this is what I want. Um, and then they'll go out of their way, like not to tell the guy, but you know, they'll know how to get what they want, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and maybe get the baby or whatever, you know, like condola is in, in, in <laughs> <laughs> But 
But I actually think like, no, like we should get to a point where I shouldn't be shamed for saying this is what I want. Then that way I immediately like um, eliminate someone who doesn't want the same thing. I don't want to be with someone who who doesn't want. If, if I'm telling you that, you know what, I want to be, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be a parent, I want to have a child and you can't mm-hmm. get with the program, then you should go. And I should be fine with that. It will sting a little bit but mm-hmm. I should be okay with that. And I think it goes with the whole like women being shamed for our ages. No, mm-hmm. what do you want me to do? To die? Because listen, if you're shaming me for mm-hmm. being in my thirties, you're saying I should die. Mm-hmm. You're saying you don't want me to get older. So mm-hmm. I really think there's such a just change in how 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 we, yeah, just, just, just how, how we take ownership of that mm-hmm. um, and being really clear that, you know, this is what we want. Then it limit, Then, then people like your 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 friends, then just don't like. As soon as you hear over thirty, just run away and be like. Yeah. But again, it doesn't because women in their twenties, some of them are now, you know, hearing some of these stories, and they're 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 more like open to like, okay, you know, maybe I'll start a family at a younger age. Yeah. You know? So I think that's kind of like my my thinking. Okay. Like mm-hmm. I was saying, yeah, okay, no, and, and I and I, I totally agree with you 100 percent that there is something about women taking ownership about their lives. You know, you need to know yourself that okay, so whether in your 20s or in your 30s or in your 40s, whatever age you may be, you need to be the one to say that I want to have children. So you once you've made that decision, um, you know, I guess when you're in your 20s. Well, for me personally, um, in my 20s, I, I, I was like, oh, you know, I, I, I want to focus on other things. I didn't particularly want to have kids at that time. Now, if, if you ask me, like I say this all the time, that like my story changes all, like, all the time. Yes, sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm like, no, I don't. But there is something about you owning your story. There is something about you saying, okay, so this is what I want. And I feel those conversations are a lot easier to have for me, and I'll speak for myself, um, they're a lot easier to have now that I'm a bit older. Um, when it comes to eliminating BS, I, I do that very quickly. And, you know, I start having conversations quite early on, like, you know, this is what I want. Because you don't want to waste another five years with somebody, you know, you could, you could, get a, you could have got a PhD in that time, busy studying and being studied by somebody else. So, but I guess it also kind of made me think about, and this is something that I know we have spoken about um, quite a lot and we are no experts in this we are just two women in their th- mid-30s whatever makes you feel <laughs> whatever makes you feel very comfortable is fine with me <laughs> so me and Nata are obviously the same age um, but it's um, so you, so we're not we're not, we're not uh, experts in this but it made me think about um freezing your eggs Mm. as a woman you know again this is something that um i feel has been kind of i on people are are being more open and talking about it a lot more than in the past i don't know maybe because also we i was when i was in my 20s you wouldn't hear these stories but now i'm in my 30s um i hear a lot more people talking about this as an option for them and like we said, again, another disclaimer. So there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about this. We're just having a conversation. So if you do know something, or if you know someone who knows 
some you know something about egg freezing and fertility and all this do let us know because we would like to have a deeper in like a much more in-depth conversation with them so Nat, do you think that's something that you would do like would you look into freezing your eggs i think it's how, how do you how do you, do you how do you pronounce that west human os site yeah, i was gonna say like um so it's it's, it's what human Chiropreservation, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll put it in the more info uh, section. That's that's the official official term. And what it is is so like egg freezing is one way of preserving a woman's fertility, mm -hmm. so she can try to have a family in the future. It involves collecting a woman's eggs, freezing them, and then thawing them later on so they can be used in fertility treatment a woman's mm -hmm. chances of conceiving naturally fall as she gets older because mm -hmm. the quality and the number of her eggs drop egg mm -hmm. freezing can be an attempt to preserve fertility by freezing the eggs when the woman is young and the eggs are of the highest quality so that's what egg freezing is um mm -hmm. and i guess it's important to sort of say that it's there's a whole number of like alternative fertility things there is yeah using being like just you know the the, the like the collecting of of your eggs mm -hmm. um you know but however um i think i was reading somewhere where they say that the success rate is is quite low mm -hmm. i think it's about it's, less than 20 percent right less than 20 percent. i think uh two to 12 percent of thought eggs lead to a live birth two yeah to and then my question is like so i was also reading somewhere that some of these things happen so um i think there was an article that i saw that a lot of i think about 76 percent of um women so this was from the uk like a mm. lot of women that did egg freezing about 70 plus percent 76 percent of them were single women mm -hmm. so it's because they didn't have any current partners mm. and you know that was their way of um yeah of of just being like okay i'm not gonna wait for the man mm -hmm. to come i'm going mm -hmm. to you know freeze my eggs and then when the man comes i guess then the, there's a number of options whether it's ivf or whether it's in you know artificial insemination right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm on the back foot this episode, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I just think it's 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 quite interesting. It'll be interesting. I don't know, is that something that you you would do or so, interestingly enough, like before we had this discussion that we're going to talk about this, there's so much that I didn't know that I know now that makes me think, would I, should I? I don't know. And because again my the initial question on do i want to have kids that that changing every day um i i, I the honest truth is i don't know but it was interesting to kind of see that you know like you already mentioned that mm -hmm. after a certain age like women's fertility drops quite significantly mm -hmm. and i was reading like um some a study basically that was done between 2007 and 2014 and they found that, um, and this was like a good study with over 2000 people. And 
for women, I'll give you a few ages because you know my age is, is a mystery. Mm -hmm. But I fought in one of these. Um, so the, when they when they looked at women who were like thirty five, yeah, um, there was thirteen matured eggs, right? So this is like the whole sample size, and then the most that one thirty five year old had was um, was thirty nine and the least was one. So the chance that when you're 35, you, there's a possibility that you only have one, one egg. Does is that it, make sense? Is this per cycle? So I, I think this is like over this, this, this the whole period. Um, I didn't look into full details, but it, it, the numbers are quite, they're quite shocking. And as time progresses, like 40, you've got one, um, the most, like the least eggs, it, like the numbers are quite, like after 35, like fertility really does for women, that is, it drops quite a bit. And there's also this, um, this is this thing that apparently we lose two eggs per day after the age of 37. Uh, so you, women start losing eggs as soon as they're born, but by 37, you're losing two eggs per ovary. So, you know, it made me think that as I get it's older, per cycle, right? Now talk to the per cycle. Yeah. Okay. 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 And it made me think that okay, so with it being less favorable for um, women to kind of give birth and giving birth, there's also not just it's not just about the giving birth, it's about giving birth to a healthy baby. The mm. chances of me, or if I wanted to kind of increase the chance of me having a healthy baby then now is the time to do it or now is the time to egg freeze so i was thinking okay maybe and then i looked at the cost that is involved in this mm -hmm. and that made me think again i was like okay maybe i just need to make a decision about what i want to do and, and get on with it quite quickly because it's so expensive mm -hmm. so so expensive like you're looking at at least between five to ten grand for um doing the getting getting the, the hormones the the getting the the egg taken out the storage uh -huh. looking at the insemin artificial insemination all that jazz it's a lot of money yeah i was reading so on the like in the uk they've got this thing called the human fertilization and mm -hmm. biology authority mm -hmm. um, and they say that the average cost of having your eggs collected and frozen is 3350 with medication mm -hmm. no so it's 3350 mm -hmm. medication being an added 500 to 1,500 pounds, storage costs are extra and tend to be between 125 pounds and 350 per year. Oh. And then they say, um, make sure you get the full costing. And then they say, the, then the thawing of the eggs, when you now decide yeah. and transferring them to the womb costs an average of 2,500 pounds. So the whole process for egg freezing and thawing costs an average of 7,000 to 8,000. And that is not counting the additional supplements, you know, you know, that you may take that have not necessarily been prescribed as part of this, but as you, you know, trying to um, get your body in the best shape. And I was uh, watching some lady on YouTube um, in America talking about it. And she was saying, 
for one cycle of well for for one uh period of collecting whatever i think they call it a cycle of uh harvest collect extracting the the eggs it was about she had spent about twenty thousand or so and then at the time they were telling her that um so what dollars yeah yeah like all together like when she was now counting everything and i'm sure i'm again that being the us you know it's probably um much much more expensive and the, you know what you were saying about the the the, the chances and and all so like they were saying like you know when you're in your teens between your teens and your 20s like your um your eggs uh like the matured eggs like uh you probably have 80 to 90 percent of those mm. and then i think when you then hit 35 it now lowers to almost like 50 50 and then like when you're now in your 40s plus um it now flips to like 10 um almost like 10 15 percent chance wow um but what was interesting is i i uh, saw two stories, two couples, but but these were couples who went through the process. Um, one went through like the the, the lady did this, um, and then the others like she did this, and then they did IVF, and both processes were not successful, but they conceived naturally. Oh wow! Like in both instances, so wow. I, I wonder, like, which is why I would be really keen to have like a, an expert on. Mm -hmm. um, because I guess maybe the natural conditions of conceiving are mm -hmm. there just certain things where it's just always best and maybe it even stimulates the mm -hmm. egg and stuff in a way that um, when you put it in artificial environments, it's mm -hmm. not the same. Mm -hmm. so I thought that was quite interesting. Um, but I was just thinking, like, have you have you come across anyone who's done this? Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. who's like give like on a personal level the answer is no oh, okay. but i have met people who, who've, who've done it like yeah or like who frozen their eggs yes who have had to because um for some people you know it's not it's not a matter of choice it's like you know you there's certain things that will be happening in their lives that you're like okay so you now need to either choose whether you you have kids or you don't have kids in the future so oh. yeah but then have, have I met them after they have picked, done the, the whole like artificial insemination? The answer is no. I know that it's a bit of a painful process. I know that, you know, injecting yourself with hormones, it's, it's apparently your, your ovary, it causes your ovaries to kind of swell up. And so you get a lot of abdominal pain. Those daily injections are painful. But, you know, I guess you're thinking about the the end goal in that you want to kind of get as many eggs as 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 you can um but yeah have you have you come across anybody no i was thinking actually no i haven't um i mean i've had conversations with people but i was actually thinking like no i i really haven't okay i know people who've done ivf mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i i but i to be honest i don't know what that means like because with ivf i'm assuming okay i don't want to talk about something i don't know right um i'm so so but i think that there are perhaps people who 
definitely have done it as a couple, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm sure like maybe with IVF there's some kind of like extracting the egg or, or but yeah. it's mostly like artificial insemination. But again, please forgive me, guys, if you're listening and you know. Please, you don't know yeah, please, please let us know. But, so, but I have not come across like a woman who has mm-hmm. said, "Oh, I've done that." Like I've mm-hmm. heard like you know people like Tamer Braxton, like celebrities mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, probably like it made me think of the show Being Mary Jane. I don't know if you ever watch mm-hmm. the show i thought i thought that that was a really good like uh like when she was like trying to freeze her eggs and yeah. um, the the whole process which was quite gruesome mm-hmm. um but yeah but but i've spoken to so I, I was just thinking culturally i don't know like <sighs> but really, that's the thing though and i feel i feel the reason why we are having this conversation and maybe many of our peers are having this conversation is because we have we are so like our lives are so as a woman your life is almost set out in a certain path you know you go to school you're meant to kind of then get married you're then meant to have kids and then when we kind of like look into these things a little bit more in more detail you're like oh actually no but this is what I want to do. I want to focus on my education. I want to focus. So it kind of veers off that natural path. So it means that in your 20s, when you're probably at the, the best time of kind of freezing your eggs, best quality and all this stuff, it means that you're not doing it at that stage. And then you're now coming to a point where you're now in your, you're a lot older and you're kind of, you know, you're, the chances are not, you you're not on the best side of, of age because, you know, you, the eggs that you produce are not of, um, they're, they're not many, they're probably not as good quality as they were if you were in your 20s. So I f- what I'm trying to say is like, I feel we, we don't have the culture kind of, and society kind of helps to make us fit, to try and fit us into a mold. And then when we are out of this mold and we're like, okay, so now I am, I'm 30. How old are we, Natasha? Now I'm 36. So she me. <laughs> How old? No, I'm kidding. But you know, you get to an age where you're like, oh, you know what? So now I'm this old and I, this is what I want to do. And you're, this is when you're starting to look at these things. I feel like that is all driven by society and culture. I may be wrong, but that's, that's, oh, that's what. I hear you. I, I, I semi hear you. I think. Mm. I certainly hear you. I, I, I'll be honest. I probably think that um, maybe for me anyway, or whatever, mm. it'll probably take us maybe another, um, I don't know, how, however many years for this to just be like a thing, like just like a natural thing. Like, because I think you never just, you never want to, I mean, first of all, like when you're young, you're not really thinking about your fertility. For, 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 no. for the most part, you're thinking, I don't want to get pregnant. Like that, <laughs> like that's your thought process. No, like, and that's what like, your family is telling you. Like, yeah. That's your thought process. That's what your family is telling you. And then I think, or would say sometimes it's not that you, I think a lot of us, are, you hold out for, oh, I will meet someone who I want to cause do this. Yeah. So that yeah. it's a shared experience. Because even with the egg freezing thing, right? If we mm-hmm. talk about it, right? For most people, it's still like, you know, you're feeling your ex in the hopes that I will meet someone who maybe wants 
to be a parent as well, then actually, mm -hmm. if we cannot do it naturally, you know what? I okay. I have fresh eggs for you. Ta-da! <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, although for some people, then maybe it is like, oh, a sperm bank or whatever. But I feel like it's a it's almost like a scale. It's it's not always that, oh, you're freezing your eggs and then you're going to get a donor. It's like you're still it's still the whole like you know thinking of the, the whole traditional thing okay i want someone who wants the same thing as me right mm. and we want to you know have like bring children into the world wait wait but do you not think like and this would, i guess this would be an interesting conversation to have with a guy yeah, if, meet, if I was to meet somebody and I'd put eggs aside, like, you know, someone from home, because I think that's where the cultural aspect comes in. Yeah. And do you think that our African men are progressive enough to kind of be like, um, yeah, okay, so you've thought about this. Let's use the eggs that you have. Like, do you, or, or, I, or maybe is that the question that you're also asking in a different way, in that, are our men is a man going to come in and be like yeah okay no let's let's let, let's do this this way you know because there's a, there's a maybe there's a high chance of you know of getting you pregnant or having a healthy baby and all this stuff do you think that mm. and then and then from zimbabwe would be like yes dadding let's use those eggs no we will yeah like guys if you're listening we have to ask them right um i i which so it'd be interesting like you know the the your friend who you had the conversation with who was like oh my god like he's being scared away by all these mm -hmm. men that want to be moms right mm -hmm. it would be a good question to ask him because you know would that scare him away or would he feel that actually okay we've got time to get to know each other and then we can decide I think for some people, naturally, I think maybe it may scare them away. But at the same time, it's about you. It's about you as a person, right? Um, and I think maybe women do this to give themselves the best chance, right? For 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 this happening. Because what if we were, what if the couple you were together and you were still mm -hmm. struggling and then you did like IVF or had to do other like fertility treatments to help you guys out so you just have to think of it as oh and that's what I'm saying it goes back to women should not be shamed for what their wishes are right mm -hmm. if you meet someone and it's like you know she wants to be a mom like yeah that that's that's what she wants like if you can't take it, then you, you, you can't take it. But at, at the very least, it means that um, if, if you're not the person, then she, she, she can try it with someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, yeah, I agree with everything that you said. Um, it, will be, it would be interesting to hear from a guy's perspective. Um, would you be willing to to would you would you be progressive enough to be like yeah okay actually you you've thought about this um when you're a little bit when you're younger um now you're in your 30s let's use the eggs when you're in your 20s and see how it goes like if you're struggling i suppose if you're not then you just obviously do it the natural way um mm -hmm. but yeah it'd be interesting interesting to hear what people's thoughts are yeah another thing right is kind of like pivoting but when we go back to this issue of um 
the whole waiting um well like like you know maybe women be being a bit older wanting to have kids and like i said i think what the point that i was trying to drive it earlier was that a lot of it is is not necessarily driven by someone was super ambitious and they didn't have time to think about a family right it literally just could be they had not met the right person or maybe even if they were with the right person maybe in their minds like oh we know we're gonna hold out and maybe get married be settled and then life happens maybe you break up or whatever then now you find yourself what back at square one so a lot of people and it goes back to that whole thing that we're saying even in the episode when vanessa was there that a lot of people make assumptions about older women that oh mm. you're out there living your best life doing this not thinking about your future and it's like and it's, not the case. it's actually not the case right so another thing that i was like thinking about is so what happens when so we've talked about that aspect right the waiting i think previously we have alluded to the whole shortage of good men mm -hmm. some people may think it's debatable but i listen i think okay that shortage of good men um evidence that a lot of men struggle with monogamy mm. um all those things combined <laughs> right it's kind of like like what do you think of the concept of co-parenting with someone like actually like being like you know i, I want to be a parent mm -hmm. i have not yet met the one i mean listen we've seen like people like kamala harris now like she got married when she was 50 and mm -hmm. cynthia bailey is getting married to her third husband at 50 whatever right and and it, it just shows you that you know love has no age limit right yeah. so maybe for some people it may take a little bit longer to mm. to find that but in the meantime i want to have a child mm. right what do you think about the the concept of like going to a friend or something that you're like you know what i think you know i i i like this about you you've got your clever your gene pool mm -hmm. you know is 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 communicating <laughs> yeah all that and actually like co-parenting like with your friends so can my, my my initial question is how are you getting as a woman how are you getting the are you frozen no no i'm here how are you like how how would you get the the, the how the fertilization okay. no that's this is an open conversation i don't know right because it literally could be it could be like okay let's we're doing it naturally we're going to try naturally no no, no. naturally no. and then there's some connection there right no, it could be, but sometimes maybe the guy literally is just like i don't want to settle down yet or whatever right because what, what i'm saying is is the whole holding out for the perfect foundation which mm. i think a lot of women um i'm not maybe that's my experience like like wanting just the, the perfect foundation then you'll think about you know kids and all that stuff but actually in reality when you get to a certain age you're like hmm mm. No, I I hear you. Sorry, I, I was just trying to be a bit funny there. But I hear you, and 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 I understand like where you're coming from. Um, 
you're right. I think sometimes as, as a woman, you know, and some, and some women are not really interested in, in, in a man. They just want, they will just want the child, you know, um, for me personally, I guess that it's a bit of, it's muddied water. So I, I don't know if I can give a, a, a true, um, opinion on it because if, if I didn't have my child, I'll probably look at it a lot uh, like differently. But right now I think I would enjoy that whole traditional um, form of, of, of family, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that is something that I, I would want, you know, I would want somebody to be there, help at, at because I love sleeping. I would want somebody to be there to help at night and not just somebody, but somebody who has helped me bring this person into, into the world, or even if it's not that person, even if it's, I would need somebody there to kind of help because I feel like, again, a lot of stuff is just left with the women. Like the women are left to do everything. I, I don't believe in that. I think they should, should share things out. So that is my opinion now, whether, if you'd asked me that if I didn't have my child, I might give you a different, I'm like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I, I want to have a child and um, I would do it at whatever cost. But because I know just how challenging and maybe how difficult parenthood is sometimes, I think you definitely need to have two people, whether it's two women, two men, or man and a woman, whatever it is. I think there's, they need to be parents, present parents, Mm. I, 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 I always wonder like how would how would like a man react if you're like okay listen can you can you help me out <laughs> he, he wouldn't have a problem helping you out <laughs> no but I, I think guys I think like I, I don't know I feel like when sometimes um, I was talking to a friend of mine who mm. Um, we always joke uh, with with someone else, and we're always like, "Oh, can we like scaling shayel or can we have your seed?" And he's always like, "Kikiki," and we're like, "No, we're actually really serious." Mm. Like, but nobody takes you seriously, like mm. at all. And I'm just interested, like guys, like literally, like would you not even help him? But you know, like there's some people I I probably know. Maybe there like a few people that you're like, you know what, if I were to have a child with this person without a romantic whatever, mm. right, I could live with it for X, Y, Z reasons, you know, maybe I think that this person is, you know, I think that they're responsible, I, you know, maybe they come from a good family or they come from a family that I know, or, and I feel comfortable that I would be able to, um, you know, in my bringing up of the child, I would be able to also, you know, like uh, be able to tell the child their full story. Um, or it could be that, um, you know, I actually think that this person would, would be a good role model. Like if yeah. you wanted to be there, but like yeah. with me being like, literally I am fine with you and me, like, separate. Like, like not being a thing is that yeah crazy? i don't i don't think so you know and i want to kind of maybe go into that space where i'm not going to like if i was if i wanted to have a child and i didn't have a child 
these are certainly thoughts that would be i would be very much entertaining in my head that okay so you know what i have my career i can look after this child you know can i do i have amongst me like friends who are able to kind of like okay you know what let's kind of do this together um I don't know if it would be within myself. I don't know. I, honestly, it's so it's so tricky because I don't know. I think because I'm not thinking. Okay, would it be within my circle? Because then you don't want someone just to turn like down the road. They take one. Oh, you know, this, this, I am now moving on and I'm taking my child with me. So there's so much conversation that would need to to occur um, mm -hmm. prior to this happening. But also thinking in the same. Just to segue, just a tiny bit. Things like if you're with your partner and you're unable to have children, mm. or maybe, and it wasn't, and we had identified that, you know what, maybe he's got a low sperm count, or maybe the, the, the little soldiers are not swimming, um, you know, they don't have strength to swim. Would you then be comfortable enough to go to somebody else and be like, okay, you know what, this is our, this is our situation. There's always the issue of pride, you know, and opening up your 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 business in front of people, and which is why people then go and get I things like IVF and stuff. Mm. But would you, if you are in a hypothetical situation, which if you're in that situation, would you go to somebody? Uh, that's a difficult one because the, that's like so many people involved so mm. it would have to be so particularly if say it's my partner if it's the guy who mm. um you know uh, you know unfortunately can't contribute to conception i think he would almost have to drive it and mm. and, and you know you can get like um like donors and stuff like that yeah. it would have yeah. to be handled because because then we would have to have a conversation and you know mm. i guess at that point you know we're deciding you know how are we doing it do do i really feel strongly that i want like mm. my biological child because mm. then if i do then you know maybe we we'll go down that route or are we adopting yeah. and yeah. like i think there are all these it, it, it's, it's, it's quite interesting but i i think probably like the desire for people to have their own biological yeah, is I, very strong yeah. um so actually the, that the, the the example that you've given i think is actually much more difficult than say if someone was single yeah yeah so but do you think like back to the single two single friends coming together mm -hmm. I wonder if it would work better if the guy kind of said, you know what, yeah, I will happily do this, but I don't want anything to have, I don't want have, I don't want to have anything to do with the upbringing of the child. Oh, that's difficult because I do feel strongly that I want, um, I Friend. would want my child's father to be, mm -hmm. <sighs> so, okay maybe there's a discussion about the level of involvement yes. but i would but i would never want my child not to know who their father is yeah. i want them to know where they belong you yeah. know when you know like i that for me would be very very important so would you choose a obviously it sounds to me like you choose somebody that you know over a sperm donor yeah yeah if you were in that situation no, I don't think I'll, uh, I, like, I, that's not for me, like, because then, then it comes back to the why, mm. right? Mm. 
because if you think about it, it's not I don't know, maybe this is another episode because yeah, having a child, right? Mm. And it's interesting because a lot of people have children without thinking about it, right? We know yeah. that things happen, like no one really thinks about it really happen. Yeah, no one really like thinks like thinks about it, but yeah, the truth is it's kind of like then 20 years, whatever down the line, yeah. Then my child is like, oh, who's my dad? Mm. And then is it good enough for me to say, I wanted you so bad? I don't know. Maybe it is. Oh, but do you know? You, you, maybe you're, it is. I, and, I, and you're right, because it sounds to me like this might be a, a whole other episode. Because there are so many kids who are, who are born as a result of either, you know, uh, one night stand or, or loads of other things that are not so pleasant where people are not planning to have a family mm-hmm. um but if you are there as a woman if i'm here and i'm like you know what i really this is something that i know would fulfill me this is something i know i could give so much to this child and then you go out and you have a child and they ask you 20 years down the line to who's my dad and like well actually this is this is what happened i wanted you so much that i was willing to forego all these things forego showing you who your dad is forego showing you you know this this whole side to your to your father's side but you have me and is that selfish it is it is it is and it isn't and that it isn't because i feel that even where there is two people involved in a relation in, in whether it's in a relationship or not in a relationship and they have a child sometimes when that child is not wanted and ends up whether um they grew up knowing that they were unwanted knowing that they don't particularly belong knowing that i was a mistake i think that the child who has been brought in because of selfish reasons will probably do um will be a I don't know. It's it's difficult. We can't speak. We can't speak for them. But I feel that I and maybe I'm using my own experiences to kind of hold this discussion. In that I know that I would want to be in a home where I felt I was loved, where where I felt like I belonged, where I felt that I was wanted, mm-hmm. more than to grow up in a in a home where I can see my father, where I can see my mother, and be feeling that, you know yeah i can't wait to leave this place it's not so much about for me it's not so much about growing up in a home where you can mm-hmm. see like both biological parents because mm-hmm. i actually think sometimes like particularly if when relationships are going sour mm-hmm. i actually think it's more damaging for people to stay together um mm. in an unhealthy environment but i feel strongly about belonging mm. that you should be able to be like I am from there. That's where my people are from. And you, I don't know. I feel like it, it, it's the core of someone, right? Remember like when we talk about little fires everywhere Mm. and um, Mia, the character played by Kerry Washington. Mm. um, And then the, the child was now saying, like where's my father and she's like why do you care you've got me and Mm. and the child is like it's not enough Mm. 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 you know so that's why it's it's going back to the why because then 
10 years, 40 years, 50 years down the line, you've died, the child is there, is in therapy eight days a week. Mm. No, I, I guess where I am is like, I feel like it's really, that's why I'm, I'm, I think I'm still clear that I want it to be a shared thing, whether it's yeah. through like identifying a romantic partner or maybe other ways, but it, should, it shouldn't just be me 100% being like, this is what I want. Mm. Cause, cause, cause I see that even like with me, like, it's not just about you. Like wh when you now have the child, you can't control like, no. cause they will want to know. And there's going to be something in them that will never be complete. If they at least don't know, like where, mm. like, where am I from? Like, who am I? Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. So, I, but again, I think it's, it's, it's a whole, it, it's it's so tricky and i guess for every situation every scenario there's always going to be a thousand opposing views yeah. because you know you can even think about people who are adopted for example and when they kind of ask the oh you know where where am i from and the adopted parents can be like oh you know we we got you when you were like six weeks old and you were thrown out you know we are your family and there's always that question of who who have I come from? Um, but yeah, it's a it's it's interesting, and I think it's it opens such a wide wider conversation as well because it's not just one scenario. There's so many other little angles that you can kind of talk about and explore um, yeah. and stuff. You can go deeper and deeper. Yeah, no, 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 and and even talk about the adoption thing. There's a show I think it's on BBC. I forget the name. Like literally, maybe like I'm interested in that because like my mom was a social worker and she used to work mm. on adoption and fostering. Mm. And they used, one thing she used to say is that in the process of adoption, like mm. for example, say if the baby, if if the baby's clothes were in like a Sainsbury's bag, they keep that. They mm. keep every single thing so that because mm. they know that years later when the person comes they'll ask so little things like maybe like a little blanket mm. it means so much to the person be like, oh, they cared for me they wanted me to be warm right mm. and and there's a show on bbc which um traces people like who adopt and most of them that like, grew up in great adoptive homes mm. but they'll always want to find you know the biological parents or their other siblings yeah. and literally people in their 60s 70s you see them tearing down Mm. And you really, you hear them saying, you know what, I feel, even if, you know, maybe sometimes the parent has now passed away, but they now meet siblings. It's like, there's, there's something that's missing in them. And I've always thought like with adoption, right? Because if you think about it from like our cultural point of view, there's a lot of adoption, but we never call it adoption. Right? That, but what I think is good about how we do it is mm. you don't deny someone's mother father right mm. you can be the grandparents aunt uncle this that that you're raising the child but the mm. child will know that you know that's my mom that's my father right and, and we don't we don't take on those roles do you know what i mean and i always think like if anyone is going to adopt you i think you should always leave room that at some point that person will want. Will yeah. want. So I think you should always view adoption different to having your biological. And 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 it doesn't mean they love you any less. Mm -hmm. They literally just want to know, 
another part of them, you know? Mm. So mm. It, it's just, it, it, I think it's just, just interesting psychology and all that. It is, it is. And, you know, it just even as you're talking, I feel like we could talk for hours. But I think the last thing that I would say is, you know, when we talked about the whole um, adoption, there's two things that came to my mind. I'm just reflecting on my own experiences where my dad, he was never present in my life but I turned you know when I was like 18 or something I was like I'm going to go look for my dad and I did you know so for this man who had never been present who had never um put a penny towards me or even put a word I don't know maybe he said a prayer I don't know um but I did so I did actually try and find out who he was and it's all about that missing missing piece I suppose you're like okay so who where did I come from so I you have a complete figure of your mother but you're like oh but I came from there's two people who are involved so there is always that kind of going back to find out who you are and where you came from and then the second thing that you mentioned about um and I think we've talked about this before about the whole quote-unquote adoption in from back home which we don't call it adoption but it is adoption and the anguish that the adopted parents face when the biological mother parents come to take that child to say oh you know what um yeah so it's 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 tough and you know and i guess for that child as well to kind of to always be able to say oh you know what this is my mom and dad this is my mom these are my parents and the people that i'm living with are my grandparents i think it's important to kind of have those um to have those roles really identified and i'm speaking from a personal from personal experience i think it's very important to have those roles identified and not to have muddied waters mm -hmm. that is all i will say on that yeah yeah no 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 thank you thank you thank you and again guys if you're listening um and you have any thoughts again it feels like it could be like a a series like our whole theme like about like learning so if there's anything that we've said that is incorrect please do correct us um yes, yes. comfortable to share maybe you know your experiences you know we talked about the freezing and stuff uh please do share and we asked like you know the guys like how how do you feel like about the pressure that you know do you do you feel does it put you off? You know, mm. if you come across that. We also talked about the co-parenting with friends. You know, is this something that we should really look into? Mm. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I'm keen to have, yeah, and, and possibly maybe we should look for an expert to then talk about. I think there's then the, the fertility issues. Then mm. there's like, now we're going into like the, the family structures and yeah. No, really, really, really interesting. Get in touch, people. Let us know your experiences and your thoughts as well in what we've been talking about today. Yes, yes, guys. And um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Yes, and Instagram. So on Twitter, we're at... Gellens, guys. Instagram. Gellens, guys. Facebook. Ellen's guys podcast email us if you've got any dilemmas as well we'll be preparing for our next dilemma episode soon so if you've got any dilemmas get in touch with us at mygellensguys at gmail.com and we're on youtube as well yeah. catch us at uh, guys.
and also guys if you love our content if you are tomorrow you're distracting me oh okay no you can say it so and also if you are interested in our content and you're loving our content so please buy us a coffee and you can catch us at our link will be in the <laughs> in the, the <laughs> yeah but it's yeah if you look on all our social medias you can see like where you can buy us coffee and um yeah yeah i think that is it oh yeah but but make sure you're following us on socials because you know we, we do lives and all that um, oh yeah so we may have something for you guys yeah and i think on friday we'll have our first litting skies ah if you're listening to this oh yeah so it'll be this friday if you're listening to this this the this is the second week of of november then it'll be this friday so, so tell us more so i think what we're going to do is we're going to um have just probably an hour maybe less maybe more uh -huh. um we're going to talk about ngomo's book and it's called the story of my life so i don't know if you guys have read it but uh -huh. it will just be to to just five things that you have made that you maybe learned from reading that book i i've nearly finished it and i found it quite interesting it's given me a different perspective on on zim politics so it'd be just be interesting to hear from people who've maybe read the book if you've got thoughts if you didn't read the book why haven't you not read the book is it because it's difficult to get i know it's difficult to get um and all this so we want to just have a session on that and also i've been in touch with a few with a couple of zimbabwean authors who are going to come on and tell us a bit about their books so you know like why you should read my book this was the inspiration when i was reading when i was writing this um this is what you'll enjoy about it and stuff so just something like that mm -hmm. cool 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 you you're you're, you're being humble you're being humble about it guys this friday lit in skies which is Goli's literature in skies. So all the book lovers, tell them to come on. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, um, particularly on Instagram. Um, and we're gonna see how we do it. Maybe depending on how it goes, we may save the footage and maybe put it on YouTube. We'll see. But it's it's just the beginning, and Goli will be doing more. So again, tell your authors, get in touch with Goli if you've got suggestions. And I think it's really important to say that if particularly with autobiographical books even if you have not read them it does not matter mm. right we can still have a conversation um about it i have not yet read the ngomo book but there's things that Oli has told me like for example i did not know that ngomo was a social worker before he was in politics so those are some of the things that Oli will talk to us about so really 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 excited guys please tell your friends and everything and let's support Scully's listens guys yeah indeed thanks nets cool 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 um yeah yeah and um make sure you guys listen to there's a lady called tandilana yes some new music i'm sure you listen to it because we may have something for you guys yeah it's really really good it's really good mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Sante. Till next time.
All right, cool, cool, cool. Let me stop.